And Dennis Stewart, there's certainly been a pretty big flu virus keeping us all busy this winter. There has indeed, Jane. In fact, um, I would say that it's been one of the worst uh, winters for the flu. And one of the things that I've observed is that this particular flu has been characterised by a very, very stubborn, irritable cough, which seems to linger on even subsequent to the initial contraction of the virus. So I'd like to tantalise listeners this morning with a simple little concoction that has demonstrated great benefit in helping people battle with this cough. In a moment, we'll talk about this famous remedy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, your calls too. If you've got a question you want to put to Dennis, 49216216 will get you through to us. To NURFM, your easy listening alternative health naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And yes, that uh, flu or virus or whatever it was, so many of us were afflicted with certainly has left its mark with an ongoing cough. Very much so, Jane. And, and the way I refer to it is to, to see it as an irritable cough because most patients and clients that I have seen um, are not presenting with a congestive condition but rather presenting with an irritable cough that keeps them awake, that's annoying to people, and they've asked for an explanation. And I think the term irritable is very apt. In other words, there's not a lot of pathology there, but the tissue is irritable as a result of the experience of the virus. The constant coughing and hawking up of mucus has created a situation where the mucus membrane, in my opinion, is inflamed, is uh, is irritable and precipitates the reaction of a cough. Now, working on this hypothesis, I thought a lot about a couple of old-fashioned approaches and the listeners will be tantalised by them. First of all, as you would expect, as you would expect, um, the application of significant doses of pure honey is a very old-fashioned and, in, in recent times, Jane, very well-documented way of soothing throat conditions and cough conditions that are based on this sort of condition we're talking about, irritability, not so much congestion or mucus, but an inflamed membrane. In fact, in recent times, in some of the journals that I've been reading, um, honey taken in significant dosages across the day has proven to be as competitive and as useful as some of the mainstream pharmaceuticals. I'll have an assassination squad out there looking for me, but honey, you can go the back way. Honey, honey has demonstrated, even on its own, great ability to soothe the irritable throat condition that precipitates the cough. But as well as that, I thought, as a result of my own background as a kid and taking medications, and in recent times, using Irish moss. Uh-huh. Now, we were probably raised on the so-called Bonington's Irish Moss, and in recent times I've been recommending to people presenting, by the way, who have tried numerous preparations, have been to their GP, and rightly so, the prescription medication hasn't worked. I've recommended that they combine, this is the secret, this is the secret, that they combine the therapeutic dose of Bonington's Irish Moss. I think you can even purchase it from the supermarket these days. So it's still around. It's still around and it's beaut stuff. Irish Moss, by the way, is a herb, obviously, and uh, well-defined in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia. So I recommend that it is combined with honey. And I've had some little less than brilliant results of patients presenting. One patient, in fact, uh, a lady patient, um, said... From the very first time I took it, I had the best night's sleep I've had for weeks. And yesterday I saw her and discharged her. Her cough's gone. I would like to think it was all about 
taking Irish moss in conjunction with honey. So one in one hand and one in the other or mix them mix together? It together? Mix it together. But keep in mind, keep in mind that Irish moss is very similar to a marshmallow and it's very similar to some of those herbs that have what we call demulcent or mucilaginous or soothing characteristics. Um, and therefore it's not the sort of preparation that one would use for, say, a, a wet cough, in my opinion. It's more to do with soothing the inflamed mucosa, getting rid of the irritability, and you combine that with the proven capacity of honey, and you've got a very simple, inexpensive, let me emphasize, inexpensive, and very safe way of locking into a very valuable possibility of addressing any irritable cough. And that's the point, an irritable cough. And do you use a lot of honey together with? No, look, if you're going to use honey again, you've got to use a fair amount of it. I would be saying anything from a, a big teaspoonful to a dessert spoonful uh, and use it across the day, a couple of times a day. I've done a lot of work, as you know, in looking at the, the modern medical uses of honey of late, and it all comes down to using significant quantities of it and also using honey that hasn't been so processed and so heated that it's lost a lot of its characteristics. So again, if you're going to take this on board and get the value from honey as a, as a soothing remedy with Bonington's Irish moss, make sure it's local honey that's been produced properly, not some of this imported junk. Now, speaking about imported, mm. is Irish moss actually imported or is it made in this country? It's Look, it's, Irish moss is, is a preparation that, as far as I'm aware, is, is imported. And I, I suspect even the preparation that I've been talking about, this old-fashioned preparation, is, is made in Australia to a formulation that is based on active principles imported from overseas. But the actual moss itself contains what are called carrageens, and they're the active soothing principle that gives that preparation its nice, uh, its nice flavour. So, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a mention for an old remedy uh, that still works and combined with an older remedy that still works, get rid of your cough without spreading an arm and a leg on stuff that mightn't work. And it'll taste all right too. Oh, it does taste all right. <laughs> the two combined together are very, very um, attractive and useful things. So uh, I'm very happy to be able to mention that to listeners today. Irish moss in conjunction with honey. You heard it here on 2NUR. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, we're very happy to hear your questions. If you've got a question for Dennis Stewart, and I'm sure you have, give us a call, 49216. 6216 to get your question through to him. It's 20 past 12. Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre and talking about honey and things like that. We've got a host of comments on this. Marilyn's rung in from Blackalls Park. Hello, Marilyn. Hello, how are you going? Hello, Marilyn. Hello. Um, I'm 66 yes. and I'm just talking about honey. Yes. Um, when we always had, you know, sore throats and yes. really bad coughs when we were yes. children, yes. mum always used to make up a, a mixture of honey, lemon and glycerin. Yes. And um, we used to just sip that with a teaspoon yes. um, whenever we felt that tickly throat yeah. or cough or yeah. we couldn't cough at night. Yes. And that worked a treat. I believe you. I believe yes. you. Some, yes. of the, some of the older remedies uh, mm. were as effective, if not more effective, than some of the whiz-bang therapies that are being offered to us today. That's and, right. and the older generation, uh, we're going to miss a lot of these old remedies that they raise their kids on. 
And this That's is right, this. and I, I tell my daughter, and um, she does the same thing with her children. Well, you, you've, yes. uh, you've uh, reiterated what, uh, what I was saying today. The, the, the old remedies, particularly based on the honey, yep. need to be passed on from generation to generation. You do that. I'm trying to do it. You do it. <laughs> I will. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Marilyn. That's great. 49216216. That's the number. And Marie's rung in from Tea Gardens. Hello, Marie. Hello. Hello, Marie. Um, I've just been listening to your uh, cough mix recipe. Yes. I have three great-grandchildren that have all had bronchiotitis. Yes. And the poor little souls cough all night. Oh, dear, dear, And the youngest one's just been put on for the second time on steroids. Yes, yes. And also um, asthma puffer. Yes, I can understand that. And I was just wondering what uh, ratio of Irish moss Honey. Well, what I'd suggest you do there, before you do anything, because they're, they're little kids like this, yes. you really need to run it past either your GP or your pharmacist. Okay. For, as far as I'm aware, there's nothing in those, let me emphasise, that is dangerous or that could upset anything. But because they're so young, it's right to keep it in the right medical or pharmaceutical ballpark. Right. Um, what I'd suggest you do, you'd certainly be able to get your Irish moss from the pharmacist and there would be a dose on it that probably is gradually graduated depending on the age of the the person taking oh, it the, the pharmacist the, the big, oh no 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 you wouldn't need a script for it. it's over the it's counter right. and that's why it's so so safe and it's very economical and your pharmacist would be able by explaining the dosage on the bottle to indicate to you the relative dose that you would give to 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 the to the child and what i would suggest is a starting base an equal amount of the Irish moss to an equal amount of the honey, whatever the amount of the Irish moss is, approximately the same as the honey. Oh, keeping, in, keeping in mind the honey is very soothing, very safe, and would make it very pleasant also for the, for the kids to take. Yes, uh, so I, they've I've run, got, got an appointment this yeah. week with the doctor, yep. so... I'll get my granddaughter to speak to him. Well, mention, mention, not a lot of the GPs are aware of the chemistry behind some of these older substances. The the pharmacist probably would be, and he would understand the uh, potential of the active constituents in Irish moss to actually soothe the inflamed mucosa. Um, GPs mightn't be fully aware of the pharmacology of that preparation. They still should know, but your, your pharmacist would, would be probably the best as a starting base to touch base with, talk to him about it, and then run it past your GP. We've got a really good pharmacist up here at Tea Gardens. Where, where are you at? You're at Tea Gardens, are you? Yeah, tea oh, okay. Gardens. Yeah, there are some good. Uh, uh, what? I won't mention names, but there's some good pharmacists in that area, and I know most of them. Yeah, we've got Wilson. Okay. Okay. Well, it looks as though there's plenty of uh, stuff to explore. Yeah, well, that's that's good. I'm glad we got that feedback with because, honey uh, and Irish moss. And, and the good thing about it is the safety of them, the no toxicity, and uh, and the economy of it. The economy of it. Easy on the pocket. Easy on the pocket because pharmaceuticals, particularly over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, whether they be herbal or mainstream, are increasingly costly. And that's one of my major concerns, Jane, the way at which over-the-counter preparations, whether they be natural or pharmaceutical, cost of them starting to get up there, particularly natural and herbal products. What's the number to get your question through to Dennis Stewart today? Four nine two one six two one six. Give us a call. Might be a comment. Might be an old-time recipe remedy that's uh, really done some good things. 
So um, is it any particular kind of honey? Mm. You say not processed, mm. very mm. processed honey. Well, look, the, the buzz thing at present is to, is to recommend the Manuka honey. Um, and look, there is a case for saying that honey based on the Leptospermum scoparium um, tea tree of, of, um, of New Zealand does have some characteristics which make it perhaps more applicable uh, to infection type conditions, although I'm saying in this case the, the, the honey is not necessary to address the infection, it's more for soothing. But uh, Manuka honey perhaps, and in Australia the equivalent, as I understand it, to the New Zealand Manuka is jellybush honey. Ah. And, and um, the jellybush honey has come into its own. Once upon a time in this country, jellybush honey was regarded as a, or a bit of a non-entity. You only sort of uh, wasn't a big seller. Now, and rightly so, it's scooted right to the top of the market. And there's great demand uh, for the jellybush honey, which is what's being referred to as the Australian manuka. So if you wanted to be really out there and doing perhaps, uh, you know, the modern stuff, um, the, the jellybush honey. But look, I've worked all my life, Jane, just with ordinary good quality bush honey and that means honey for ulcers honey for throats honey for coughs I wouldn't worry which form of honey it was mm. well Beryl has rung in on 49216216 from Killiban Bay You've hello got Beryl a- good afternoon um, I have a bottle of Bonington's Irish Moss in front of me yes uh, my husband's just turning the radio down he goes to bed it's in the drawer beside his bed every night, and if he gets a little tickly, he has yeah. a sip through the night. Now, I just that lady that rang before, yeah. it says on the bottle here, do not use in children aged less than six years. Yeah. And that's fairly standard stuff on any medication, whether it be herbal or pharmaceutical. Oh, okay. what, what that basically means is, look, there's, there, it's not encouraging parents or people to medicate their their kids without some sort of medical background it's not necessarily that it's unsafe but it is unwise to medicate kids without their being given professional advice and this is why i said to that earlier lady with regarding to her kids see the gp see the pharmacist in particular who can then organize the correct dose uh, for the child rather than the parent take any initiative so that's a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up again, Beryl. And uh, Roz has rung in on 49216216 from Talara. Hello, Roz. Hi. Hello, Roz. Hi, Dennis. Um, my mother had a slightly different uh, remedy to the lady before. Yes. Um, brown, a teaspoon of brown sugar, honey yeah. and lemon juice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> And well, the sugar to, to take the way the yes, uh, the bitterness of the of, of the, the lemon. lemon yes, yeah. Well, and, um, and honey keeps cropping up, doesn't it? Well, that yes, and that I carried that on with my children. My yes. daughter's carrying that on with my grandchildren. Well, good on you. I congratulate so you. Not, that'll never die. That'll yeah, be passed that down, will it? That'll be passed down. Yes. Well, yes. that's, that's remarkable. Well done. Good to hear that, Roz. Thanks for that. And Denise has rung in from Rutherford. Hi. Hello, Denise. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Good. Um, I don't have any of those remedies like everyone else <laughs> right. that are ringing up with. But my son had mm-hmm. this horrible cough like everyone, I'm hearing everyone else had. Yes. It wouldn't go away. Yes. I could hear him all night. Yes. Um, we'll put on to Ricardine. Yes. And within a couple of days, it is virtually gone. And that's great. And Ricardine is good medication. 
Okay. And no problem with that at all. Okay. Um, and uh, anyone that knows me knows that um, I have as much regard for mainstream pharmaceuticals as I have for my own natural medications. Well, and, I like and, the Irish moth. Well, I love Irish moth. <laughs> <laughs> and so, look, sometimes one will work better than the other, but yeah. I'm a bit like the previous listener. I always have Irish moss, and, uh, and you might not gonna, you're not going to believe this, but it's true. It's in the top drawer <laughs> beside my bed, so that oh, if <laughs> similarly I wake up with an irritable cough, down it goes. Yeah, I think most people just go have a good swig of it. Yeah, that, sometimes yeah. that can be disastrous. I had a, a patient on the Central Coast years ago who was a real uh, fanatic on herbs, and her husband was quite an antagonist to it, and they slept in the same bed. But uh, she loved chilli in her medications, oh, and okay. a lot of chilli, and he was quite sceptical, of course, but they both took medicines. And one night the medicines got mixed up, and her husband was in the, the habit of just picking up his medicine and taking a swig of it, uh, as oh, they, while, while it was dark, well, they, to this day, people talk about the screams around Empire Bay. As, as a result, <laughs> he didn't worry about his he didn't, he didn't worry about much else except chasing his wife. <laughs> oh, God, so, so Rigadine's all right. Oh, yeah, look, anything your pharmacist uh, would recommend, um, they're knowledgeable people, our pharmacists, and that, yeah. that's a good preparation when it's used correctly. Oh, could you use so many different things? I know. Once you got on the Ricodine. Well, Ricodine is, 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 is a suppressant. It has a particular chemistry uh, mm-hmm. that suppresses the cough, and it's not ideal always to stay with a suppressive yes. substance. But in the short term, to manage an irritable self-resolving condition, uh, my wife has used Ricodine frequently. Okay, then. Great. This is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And Phil, Phil has rung in on 49216216 from Greta. And Phil, your question. Good afternoon. Um, a little bit different to what you've been talking about. I just wanted to know my wife has uh, got a dry skin condition. Yes. Um, I don't know whether you would call it eczema. Yes. Um, similar to what people get on their elbows. Yes. And it's basically starting to cover a whole body. Okay. Look, Phil, it sounds very much like a psoriasis as, yeah, a, as, a, as opposed to an eczema. Psoriasis tends to occur in typical spots, elbows and knees, and presents itself in, in white, scaly, flaky conditions, not necessarily characterised by itch, but sometimes it can. Um, how long she had it for, Phil? Oh, it's been going on for a few years now. And, and, um, and has, yeah. she, has she been managing it? Well, she's been to um, to mainstream people, and yes. uh, they don't really know what to do with it. They just trial and error, and okay. nothing has seemed to uh, to put a hold on it. Well, psoriasis is a difficult condition to treat medically or naturopathically, but there are a couple of things that I would throw into the equation for you to consider. Um, with this condition, I do believe that a, that a long term perseverance with fish oils is useful is useful. But when I say long-term, I'm not talking about a month or two. I'm talking about a long-term, many, many months of using those preparations on a daily basis. Um, The two American academics, Pizzorno and Murray, in their book, The Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine, in their section dealing with psoriasis, greatly extolled the virtues of the fish oils and their constituents in dealing with any dry skin condition, particularly psoriasis. So if she's not doing that, in my opinion, she should look at at taking about 6,000 milligrams 
uh, fish oils a day. And keep in mind, fish oils are cheap. You've got a good pharmacist there in Greta. You'd be able to pick them up easily. I'd start her on those. As far as topical management goes, I have a cream called the GA Compound Cream which is based on glycotinic acid, which is an extract of licorice, but also oil of cade, uh, what used to be called juniper tar. That has proven to be a very, very useful preparation that I derived uh, from a formula in the British Medical Journal many years ago. And what I would do, if you like, if you hang on and give to the producer your name and address, I will send out to you a present from the program for your wife to try a jar of the GA compound to see if that at least slows down the proliferation of it for you. Oh, that'd be terrific. Then, right. as you can imagine, a 46-year-old woman... Yeah, I understand. Uh, ...that kind of condition makes it difficult. I, yeah. I did think maybe it was stress-related. <laughs> I wish... Uh, but, I, well, look, stress may be involved in it, but the longer I stay in practice, the more I'm convinced that f- stress frequently is fallen back on when you've got nothing else to explain it with. So <laughs> it yeah, might be yeah. a factor. But you hang on, and I'll happily get the producer to take your name and address and I'll send out from my rooms on Monday a jar of the GA compound. If it helps her, well, you can pick it up subsequently from my rooms in Cumberland Street, Cessnock. And uh, 49216216 is the number to get your uh, question through to Dennis today. Marie has done that from Waratah. Hello, Marie. Hi, um, Dennis. I was just listening in the car to your thing about the honey. Oh, yes. There was a... Um, a Two doctors did an experiment on SBS. Yes. It was last month about, yes. um, and they, it, the guy said, the young fellow said his mother always told him to have honey and lemon. Yes. And he said it wouldn't work. So yeah. they inhaled pepper through yeah. a respirator thing yeah. and he started coughing. And then he took the honey mixture yes. and then inhaled the peppers again and he didn't cough. Well, so listen. on national television, he told his um, mother he was very sorry. Well. <laughs> Well, there you go. So we, we take a different attitude here to when you are. We tend to fall back on the old information and we don't need modern experiments based on sucking pepper to prove that, to prove that honey works. But it's useful confirmation, isn't it? It it's is. It's useful yeah, confirmation. Yeah, doing lots of, um, you know, alternative medicines yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. The, and the scientists did say, well, they can't explain why it happens because they can't. Well, they, um, should, they, 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 yeah. should, they should do what I've done, uh, look at honey, look at its constituents and see yeah. what those individual constituents do either to wounds or inflamed mucous membranes. But that's, that's, right. that's a great call and you've, uh, you've supported everything we've said today. We're trying to keep the honey industry going in the honey, you know. <laughs> Real honey, that is, <laughs> isn't <right>. it? <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely question. Um, I think um, yeah. television really must be responsible for some very interesting experiments. Oh, yes, that would be interesting. <laughs> see those guys sucking pepper. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? So 49216216 and Peter from Karua. Hello, Peter. Uh, g'day, Stuart. How are you, mate? I'm well indeed. I'm well indeed. Uh, I just got a, uh, one I wanted to ask you is a herb called Chanka Piedra. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh-huh. Uh, translated, it's Stonebreaker. Okay. Um, ch- um, ch- that sounds like an ethnic name. Um, uh, is there a botanical name with it? No, that's all I've all I've got. I think it's pronounced Chanka Piedro. Okay. And it translated, it means stone breaker. Which would imply that it has a history for kidney stones. Yeah, well, I suffer mm. from them. Okay. And I had a um, bout of it, but the trouble is they only hurt you when they're moving. That's correct. So I took this stuff and 
I've sort of, I haven't got the paint there, but I was wondering if you ever heard of any benefit with it. Or okay, look, yeah. if if you, I'll give you an address to send um, the spelling and the name of it, send the information to my rooms at thirty nine Alma Road, New Lambton. I will look at it and see what other names it goes under because frequently uh, a common or an ethnic name um, uh, translates to a universally known botanical name. Yep. Um, I do know, for instance, there's a, there's a herb called stone root, which is botanically known as Collinsonia, and it's an American herb. And stone root, obviously, again, has a history of being used to address um, calculi or kidney stones, particularly from the perspective of trying to lead to their resolution. Uh, so it could be Collinsonia. There's also an English herb called parsley peart, which in English herbalism was commonly known as parsley pierce stone. And it's not the ordinary parsley that, uh, that we know of. It has, it's a, botan- a botanical name, alchemilla. Um, so there are many herbs that have a reputation for addressing uh, calculi. Uh, in fact, interestingly, while we're on the topic, probably the most famous of all herbs uh, goes back to the Egyptians. Um, there is an Egyptian herb called Ami Visnaga, A-M-I-V-I-S-N-A-G-A. Ami Visnaga was a herb that uh, was popularly used even in the time of the pharaohs, and it was because there was a disproportionately large amount of kidney stone activity in the population of the people on the Nile, and this is su- suggested that behind this a lot has to do with the water and minerals, etc., in the water. And Army Visnaga was always used, and always used, and still will work this way, as an agent to precipitate a relatively painless experience of passing kidney stones and interestingly when some of the pharaoh's tombs were opened there there and there were little vials of army visnaga seed which was being used in those days these days we make a liquid medication out of it which is used for that but also for other conditions as well so many many herbs army visnaga collinsonia parsley peat and perhaps yours has a valuable history. There is also a Southeast Asian remedy, an Indonesian um, remedy that is popularly used also and called uh, up for kidney stones. Send me the info. I'll get back to you. Uh, but I come back to the point that herbs have had a remarkable history of being used, A, to break up some kidney stones and B, to facilitate their passage. I could talk to you about a very interesting incident that I had as a younger herbalist in Sydney uh, where I was able to get a, a, a chap quickly out of a major Sydney teaching hospital and as a result of giving him medication from Newton's pharmacy, which saw him pass his kidney stone far, f- faster than firing a bullet from a gun. But I won't go into that now. <laughs> Perhaps not at the moment, but isn't it, everything old is new again it is, it is, is certainly yes, what we're coming indeed. up with today. Well, that was Peter from Karua. Thank yeah. you for your call. And Peter from Brisbane now, who's on the road. And a question for Dennis. Hello, Peter. Hi, how are you? I'm well indeed. Um, just wanted your opinion on a couple of uh, remedies for um, arthritis in knee joints. Yes. Um, um, your opinion on you know, whether the fish oil and glucosamine capsules, um, what's their benefits, and also uh, I've been told rose okay. is very good for arthritis. Th- these are all popular uh, conditions. Uh, depending on what form of arthritis you have, that will dictate what sort of benefits you get. If you have osteoarthritis, in my opinion, there's a good case for saying a long-term use 
of glucosamine-based products is useful. And to that extent, I've been influenced in developing my own product called Glucosaplex. Glucosaplex, not glucosamine. My research led me to see that glucosamine, in conjunction with other uh, companion substances, did have a real possibility of benefit of slowing down osteoarthritic conditions and giving some relief from the pain associated with it. And that has been borne out by numerous testimonials from my patients over at least the last 15 years where the glucosaplex preparation based on glucosamine and other substances has worked well. And what I will do, Peter, if you like, before you hang up, give the producer your name uh, and address and we will send you from the program a container of my glucosaplex for you to try to see if it's useful for you. So, yes, I do believe... It's a substance that has some value. I'm also a great fan of the New Zealand green lip mussel. And in Glucosaplex, my product, you will find uh, an amount of the New Zealand green lip mussel, which was very significantly clinically trialled in, in uh, of all places, Glasgow years ago by, by a British doctor who was so impressed with the ability of the New Zealand green lip mussel to address a completely ankylosed hip joint that he wrote a paper that was subsequently published in the British Medical Journal. So glucosamine-based products, particularly glucosaplex, the New Zealand green lip mussel, they're my big ones, my big emphases for osteoarthritis, and I'm presuming you've got osteo rather than rheumatoid. The other substances you mentioned, uh, useful, put it that way. This is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, taking your calls, 49216216. It's 10 to 1. And David from Aberdeer. Hello, David. How are you, Dennis? Good, good, David. Yeah, uh, I've just got a question. Um, I've had severe stomach cramps for uh, about four or five days now. Yes. Uh, and I went to my doctor, yes. and he said it's a diverticulitis. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, he has got me on a course of antibiotics Correct. for them at the moment. I was just wondering if there's any herb, herbal medicines or something that you okay. can use as well. Have you had diverticulitis before? Um, yeah, once. It was a few years okay. ago now. Okay. For the sake of listeners, I'll just explain what we're talking about. Diverticulitis is inflammation of what we might refer to colloquially as pockets in the bowel. The bowel wall becomes deformed and what are called diverticuli develop. Now the unfortunate thing about those is that periodically they become infected and when they become infected they create great pain and that is why your doctor is rightly prescribed antibiotics. But what you've got to do is look at ways and means of lessening further of these incidents. And one of the most important things that you can do for this condition, David, is to start to use on a regular daily basis some powdered slippery elm. Okay. Now you yeah. can you can get that from Mark Brown in the Woolworths Arcade. He runs the Go Vita stop the shop there in in, uh, in Cessnock. Good guy, yeah. Mark. He knows what he's doing. But you need to start using on a regular day basis powdered slippery elm, not the ink, not the capsule. Now, if you use powdered slippery elm, that will tend to create better transit time through your gut and will tend to lessen the acuteness of those little pockets in the bowel. That's principle number one. The second thing that you need to do and to do it again on a daily basis, not just ad hoc, is to begin to take into your body something like, say, some Yakult. 
Now, yak culture, you, oh, can, yeah. you yeah. can get that from the dairy counter in Woolworths or Coles. Now, why am I saying use that? Because it contains what's called acidophilus. So this is, if you like, good bacteria that set up a healthier environment in the bowel that works against infection. So you need to get onto those and take, in my opinion, take one of those on a daily basis ongoingly, not just now and then, but ongoingly. And the third, oh, yeah. the third thing to do, the third thing to do is to get from Mark some garlic pearls, right? These are little garlic preparations and pop those in the dosage that's indicated on the label. Now, why do I suggest that? Garlic is a natural antiseptic agent, some would say even antibiotic. And when it's taken into the gut, as it goes through the gut, it can set up an antimicrobial environment, particularly in the bowel, that would antagonise infection. So if you do those three things, bulk up with slippery elm powder. If you do that, if you use acidophilus, say in the form of Yakult, and if you yep. regularly take some garlic pearls or capsules, in my opinion, you'll do a lot better and you just won't be hanging out for the next episode, which could get a lot worse than what it presently is. Okay, then, right, oh, so that's, uh, Do that, slippery David. Elm. Yeah, slippery, slippery, slippery elm, elm, some yakult. Yakult and the pearls. And so. the pearls. Now, if you go and see Mark, um, yep. arrange it to when Mark's there. Sometimes he's there and sometimes his associates are there. Ring up to make sure that you talk to Mark because he will understand the clinical information that I've given you. His staff are good, but try to talk to yep. Mark if you can. Okay, thanks for your call. Kevin has rung in from Morpeth now. You've got a question for Dennis. Yes. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Kevin. I would like to thoroughly endorse your comments about the uh, New Zealand green lip mussels. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, just very briefly, about seven or eight years ago, I was playing a lot of lawn bowls, and um, my knees were really giving me larried early. When yes. I bend them, it was like picking up a handful of rice bubbles and crunching them. Yes. And... Um, I, I had uh, I was having a lot of back pain and I was getting a lot of sciatica and uh, I had this, all the scans and I had three degenerated discs and I thought oh, I was just, you know whatever is spreading and uh, anyway I was talking to an old bloke and he said get onto this glucosamine sulfate and uh, chondroitin yes and about the same within a day or so that I saw it on, on one of the uh, current affairs programs uh, somebody talking about news on green muscle yes yep. And, look, I can't believe how well they have worked for me. One of my knees would not support me. Every time I, I stepped on that leg to step forward, the other leg to bowl, mm-hmm. it gave way on me. I believe you. No matter how much I strapped it up, I've got to tell you, within three months of taking uh, these greenlit muscle shells, my pain went away. Yep. My knees stopped playing up. I don't have any problems at all. I no longer have lower back pain. I haven't had sciatica for about six or seven years. Well done. Um... Maybe it's just something to do with my metabolism that likes these things. I don't know. No, 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 no. Look, there's a credible basis. Dr. John Boyd, I'm sorry, Dr. Hamish Boyd from the Glasgow Homeopathic Hospital years ago wrote the first paper on the benefits of the New Zealand green lip muscle for a very similar condition. It's not all in your head or all in your metabolism. It's all in what you've been taken. And congratulations. And that's why in my glucosaplex, I make sure that glucosamine and chondroitin is also accompanied by the New Zealand green lip muscle. Well done, mate. Excellent. And I think probably our last call for the day, Jane's rung in from Charlestown. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello, Jane. 
Um, Dennis, I think you probably answered my question with Kevin there before. Mm. I have lower lumbar back pain as well, which yes. is degenerative discs, I think, yep. arthritis. Yes. And I was wondering about your um, preparation, the glucosaplex. Yeah, Look, would it, that be suitable for me? I would think. Like? It, I think it would be very suitable. Um, yep. you, you, if you can get down to uh, Warner's Bay Health Food Store, which shouldn't be too far from you. Yes. Um, they stock the product there, or it's always stocked. I was going to say, yeah. I get to your um, surgery in Lambton. Yeah. Can it's, you just it's, buy that? Yeah, it's, well, it's, if, it's, it's always got the things that I talk about. Um, so it's either you can get it from Warner's Bay Vitology or always yes. from my rooms at 39 Alma Road. Yes. And if you go to Alma Road, just mention to the staff there that you heard yes. the product on my program and Dennis said to look after you. Oh, right. good. Okay, I'll do that. Yes, I've got to start some. Okay, good. Thanks for your call, Jane. We've had some great calls, some great mm, comments. Good, good program, Jane. The end of yeah, Health Naturally for this week. Yeah, what a pity. Join us again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM for Health Naturally.